1: To the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Defense! Defense! All the hard work, let's go! College football
2: today. Pouring into week number four, Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Gabe morenzi talking about our best plays for the day. We're joined from Toronto. Oh. We're waiting on Big Gabe. He's supposed to be calling in in about two minutes, I believe. Okay. But uh, we're going to talk about some of the earlier plays. Somebody asked about what the best total is for the early action. It's not a lot of games. I I like this total here, Pittsburgh, uh, North Carolina. I expect Pittsburgh to bounce back in a big way. I know they didn't cover last week. Uh, Actually, they did. They did over Georgia Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, excuse me. A lot of people on North Carolina here because of the Hurricane Florence and, and people backing North Carolina. I can't do it here. I think Pitt got its feet wet, you know, against Penn State. I was on that. They bounce back with a gutty win last week. I expect them to roll here. I do feel that they dominate this matchup. I could see them winning ten to thirteen points. Joe, I, I can't figure day. out
3: either of these teams. I mean, I, some it, of these it, teams it, are. I, I would not bet Pitt or North Carolina for the foreseeable future. I can't figure out either of these teams, and North Carolina is still dealing with suspensions. Yeah. They're getting more players back so this week. Out. Still. Yeah, I mean, so it's still Nate Elliott. Um, I, I'd rather have Billy Elliott under center at this point, so.
2: <laughs> Billy Elliott. Well, well, live from Toronto, our cohort, rocking Gabe Morenci. Gabe, how are you today?
3: Gabe, are you in a bunker somewhere in Toronto?
0: We're outside the Metalworks uh, Studios, the world-famous... Metalworks uh, Studios, the same location where Guns N' Roses uh, recorded "Use Your Illusion," and uh, the lovely Christina Aguilera uh, has recorded platinum records here as well. How you guys doing?
2: We're doing great. We want to know if we're going to be on like the, the the video, the music video when oh, you cut I the record. Uh, are you going to put us in there?
0: Uh, you have to be nicer to me, Joe. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's well, it. The, I'm does be that, on that the mean Sir Manello uh, has uh, a shot? <laughs> Uncle Sir Manello have Rich, a shot.
0: Well, Rich, you're a smart guy. Maybe you can be our business advisor or something like that. Oh, we could use like all it. the help we could get. I yeah, like yeah, it. we could use okay. we could use all the help. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking right now. Uh, Drake, uh, Drake is recorded here. I got his platinum record. He recorded uh, "Take Care" uh, here. Evidently, I don't know that song. I'm not going well, to lie. <laughs> well, I'm
3: a big I'm a big GNR fan. So uh, yeah, a little "Welcome to the Jungle" action. For well, you know what? I, I
0: actually I, I took a picture of uh, the "Use Your Illusion" platinum record on the wall here. Like They should have all the artists, the platinum records here, which we will not be one of them. (laughs) But uh, nevertheless, um, it's it's a good time. I miss you guys, though. Uh, We'll be back uh, next week to break it down and talk some college football.
2: Yeah, these games are all over the place in terms of totals. Somebody just asked what my best total was for earlier today. I mean, I'm on a couple of totals. I like Georgia Tech and Clemson, but nothing really jumps out at the 12 o'clock total. Do you have any picks uh, early on here? Yeah, you
0: know what? Yeah, you know what, Joe? I'm going to come out swinging early, actually, with the totals, and I'm going to go over in this Georgia and Missouri game. I know all about Georgia's defense, and I know all about the talent that they have, but Missouri's offense is, is a first-class offense. Drew Locke, I think, is the, you know, the number one quarterback as far as the NFL is concerned, and you know top projected uh, quarterback. I think Missouri's a live dog here in this game. You know, everyone sort of we, you know, the the when the public all gets on something, Joe, and you know this, and you know it too, Rich, it's scary. You know, oh, Michigan's going to beat Notre Dame for sure, remember? Going into that game, Shea Patterson, and oh, Wimbush can't throw the football. Michigan's going to win that game for sure. Oh, look, uh, LSU are terrible. Miami are going to beat them. Um, and then we fell into that trap with that South Carolina game.
3: South you South know, Carolina, even Georgia, they throw up the
0: yeah, yeah. So I you know, throughout the summer, oh, that's a dangerous game. And we sort of talk ourselves into these upsets because of the narrative. Yet here no one's talking themselves into this upset. And this is when these crazy things happen. You guys know, man, crazy stuff has happened up there at Mizzou on Saturday afternoons in the past. It's an early game. I think Georgia can sort of get caught here and get in a track meet. And when I have, you know, when i am taken an underdog I don't want to take an underdog that can't throw the ball from behind. You know, I need a quarterback that can play pitch and catch, and hey, I'm getting 14, 14 14-and-a-half points. If I'm down by 20 points in the fourth quarter, i got a quarterback that I know that can connect with a a big strike, you know, hit Hall down the field, and get me back in this game for a backdoor cover. So I'm going to take Missouri plus the points. I already put my bet in, and uh, I'm taking the over in this football game as well.
3: Let's get right to it, Gabe. I mean, uh, let's talk best bets of the day. I'm going to call it Redemption Saturday for Gabe Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I'm just going to turn you loose and say, uh, who do you like today, regardless of the time of the games?
0: It is redemption. Well, let's not forget that we were on, uh, we did have San Diego State. You Remember when people asked us, what's the money line upset last week? We said San Diego State over Arizona State, so it wasn't all bad, Rich. Come on, man. Um, <laughs> we, it we, was we not had, all uh, bad,
3: had... but I know you well enough, my brother. You are looking for redemption.
0: <laughs> I am. I am. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. It's just been such a wild college football season uh, so far. Uh, but as we stated, all right, we're gonna we're gonna jump on this Georgia uh, Missouri game over 65. We're gonna jump on the Missouri Tigers uh, plus the 14 points. Um, I'm selective today. We're gonna scroll down here. And uh, we're going to go – we're we're taking Kentucky. We're taking Kentucky in this football game. We took Kentucky against Florida. People doubted the pick. People doubt Kentucky. Stoops doing a great job here. I have a lot of respect for Mississippi State and Moorhead and the program. I got a soft spot in my heart for them. I've been there before. I have a good friend uh, that lived there. Uh, May he rest in peace. Uh, but I just think that this Kentucky team is the real deal, and getting nine and a half, ten points on their home field is just a little bit uh, too much. Uh, Alabama and Texas A&M I'm going over uh, the number in this game. I mean, come on, man. Alabama are averaging 56 uh, points. What is it, Joe? 56.8, I believe?
2: Yeah, some, top 56, of my head, but... 56.8 points per game. Unbelievable.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm. I'm not, how can I not take a total over at 60 here? You know, guys, I'm, I'm curious about your take on this one. Talking about narratives, flat spots for LSU this week with Louisiana Tech oh, going I in
3: agree. here. I agree. I know. Oh. I totally agree. We, you know, it, it's not one of our signature yeah. games today, but, you know, I look at that LSU team. I have a ton of respect. Joe has been on LSU all season. He was right. I was wrong. I thought this team would be down, but they're not. They have the two top 10 wins, but I totally agree with you. This is a perfect spot for LSU to sort of sleepwalk through three quarters against Louisiana Tech. Let's face it, they're not blowing teams out at this point. Joe Burrow still uh, completing less than 50% of his passes, and Louisiana Tech and Skip Holtz, they know how to play well against Big I, I Listen, I could see Louisiana Tech covering this game. You,
2: you, you said the two key words. Rich said the two key words Skip for Holtz. me. Skip Holtz. <laughs> I can't do it. I, I, know they, I know they struggle with Troy, game, but I, I can't take that game in any capacity. It wouldn't shock me if they're focused. I mean, this is a team, you said it last week, too, when we picked Auburn. They have a chip on their shoulder. Nobody is expect. everybody's yep. expecting them to lose. And this is a team that's more of just a, I want to say a team mentality. There's not one elite star. They have a guy in Greedy Williams that'll probably be a number one draft pick. But outside of that, it's more of the team mentality, us against them. And that's why I can't go against LSU. Now, as they navigate through SEC West play, maybe. But at this point, as they're rolling, I can't back them. I mean, go against them, especially with Skip Holtz and Latte tech
0: and you know what guys normally i'm not one of these guys and i hate it when people say oh i would bet it if it was 18 but not at 17 and a half you know i hate what people what <laughs> so you like to play that much that a half point throws you off of it but i'm going to be that guy right now and then earlier in the week guys we we're getting 21 points that is a key number you know 21 points is a key number the three touchdowns and you know the extra points etc Down to 19 right now. Wouldn't shock me like Joe just stated. LSU are that good. Would it surprise us if LSU won this game by 20 points? No. You know, 48-28, 38-18, no, it wouldn't shock me. You know, I'm I'm put off, number one, by the fact that everybody is buying into this narrative. And I'm put off, number two, by the fact I'm not getting 21 uh, anymore. Uh, Notre Dame, I know about the quarterback situation, but... You know, let's be real. Wake Forest are not a very good football team, okay? Uh, Their defense is is not very good. I think Notre Dame, I like it, don't love it. Uh, I'm going to take Texas, though, plus three. I I think coming off this win, you know, it's tough. TCU's coming off the emotional loss. Texas's coming off the emotional win. Uh, But for for gaming purposes, anyone tuning into the show knows just how good Tom Herman is as an underdog. I'm going to take the South Carolina Gamecocks. Um, uh, I like the game against Vanderbilt. We were on Liberty in Week One, and uh, shout out to my boy Big Man on Campus for you know sort of reminding me about Liberty here because you know if they lost in Week Two. I didn't take them against against Army. They've been off right now. Now they're back home. I think they're a nice sleeper at home here. Maybe we don't mess with Liberty when they go on the road, uh, but I think it's sort of like Old Dominion was a couple of years ago. When you get these sort of new, fresh programs, there's still a lot of enthusiasm uh, with their student base, and there is a lot of enthusiasm around Liberty. Don't forget, you know, they smashed Old Dominion in their first uh, game. And finally, in closing tonight, man, we got Hawaii and Duquesne on the board. And didn't UMass hang like a 65 spot? <laughs> um didn't they hang like a 65 uh, spot, uh, spot on the D? So I think Hawaii's going to score a boatload of points uh, here tonight. I'm going to go over the numbers. So I've got Missouri plus 14.5, Missouri-Georgia over the 65, Notre Dame minus 6, Texas plus 3, A&M and Alabama over uh, 60, South Carolina minus the 2.5, Liberty plus 12.5, Kentucky plus 9.5, and Duquesne and Hawaii, all over 68.
2: Hey, Gabe, I got two plays that I just started looking at, and it could be a parlay for our users right now at 12 o'clock. I want to get your take on it. Because it's one of the teams that you were high on at the start of the year in Pittsburgh. They opened up as a four-and-a-half point favorite. Now it's down to three-and-a-half. A lot of people back in North Carolina here. I like Pittsburgh to roll. I, li- I was very impressed with them last week uh, playing Georgia Tech. And the other game is Navy on the road against SMU, their favorite I'm not buying into Navy being this elite team and beating up on more finesse type of teams. I'm taking Ben Hicks and Sonny Dykes here. How about a Pittsburgh SMU parlay with SMU on the money line?
0: Well, I tell you what, uh, Joe, I like your style here. And right now, and thanks for bringing this game up, because like I said, I've been on the road this week. Doing it. we're doing a heavy metal record. I got my Super Contest NFL picks in. I got these college games, but there's games that are falling through the cracks, obviously, and that's why you got to tune into the College Football Today program every Saturday morning with Joe Rich and myself. Navy SMU seen the to total at 59. Joe down to 57 and a half, just literally you know, as I hit refresh right now. And how, how is there not points in this football game? How are they not points? And I hear you. This this isn't a great Navy team. I'm not overly in love uh, with that. My problem is Sonny Dykes. You were talking about Skip holes. Sonny Dykes is just not a guy, Joe, that I like having my money on. You know, it's just, he just isn't. And this program, SMU. If you bet SMU every week, man, you're going to end up uh, living under the Brooklyn Bridge. So <laughs> that that's my problem. That's my problem with this. But I like where you're going you know, live live home dog here, uh, you know, total down to fifty seven and a half. And, you know, I've been saying this all year, Pitt's a good football team. I guess Penn State just are that good. And you really have to like the way Pitt responded after getting blasted like that. All right guys, no, no, we're not gonna let our season fall apart here because we got beat up by Penn State. They got back on track. And I like I, I like them today as well. I mean North Carolina, you know, we know about the problems that they have. Yeah, you know, it's tough laying the you know the points with Pitt here in a spot like this on the road, but Pitt's just a better football team. I think they are a good football team. It didn't make my best bet list, but I'm going to jump on. I like the Navy uh, SMU over here, guys. I'm going to jump
4: in on that.
3: Yeah, we've had a lot of fun in the first few weeks talking about Herm Edwards' uh, early success at ASU. Big loss last week against San Diego State. Were you as surprised? As I was, I obviously expected uh, Washington to be a heavy favorite, but 17.5 points against ASU, especially considering the fact that the Sun Devils have owned the Huskies over the past dozen years.
0: Yeah, it is, it is a lot of points. and it, it goes to show, it really highlights the, the week-to-week status of the public and, and the betting markets. Because, you know, really in reality, the oddsmakers aren't setting these numbers because of what they think right they'll sort out of a power ranking but they're actually setting the numbers for what they think people are going to bet and how people are going to bet these games and another another good call late night action here with Arizona State and uh, and Washington it is a ton of points i think it's too many points it was a bad spot last week for Arizona State and that's why we're on SDSU um you know Washington just are that good but their offense you know their defense is great they're gonna shut the ASU down for the most part, but you know, you don't need to score all that much. I would I would go with the underdog uh, here. You know, it was a, it was a tough spot for, for Herm Edwards and his kids to be in after the great start of national attention. Now they can get back to basics. Uh, I, I would go underdog or pass here, I agree, Rich.
2: When you look at totals too, there's a couple other totals later today. I brought up to Rich. I like that Georgia Tech total. I mean, nobody's expecting a triple option team in Georgia Tech. They struggled with 19 points last week. They they ran the football well against USF and did have a high scoring game. But it's Clemson. Clemson shut them down over the last couple of years. I'm on this over. Uh, what do you think of it? I mean, it opened at 54, down to like 52, 52 and a half as we speak.
0: You know, I wanted to play Clemson here. I've been waiting for Clemson to show up and just kick the crap out of somebody. And I'm not talking about Georgia Southern. I'm talking about showing up for real. I can't go any over in this game, Joe, just because I respect Clemson's defense so much. And I think that Clemson can shut Georgia Tech down. Uh, You know, Georgia Tech are just such a one-dimensional football team. You know, I really don't know what their offense is going to be able to do. Look, Like last year, they scored 10 points. year before, Georgia Tech scored 7 points. You know, seventeen points in the last two games. With with this, with Clemson's defense as good as it is. if there's no legitimate passing threat, it's really hard to run that option and to run what they want to do. And, you know, Davos Sweeney knows uh, this, this this Paul Johnson offense inside out. Uh, you know, and you, lo- you look at the history books here. Clemson have generally dominated them. 24-10, 26-7, 43-24, 28-6. I was this close, guys. I was real close. I'm holding my, my thumb and my finger together here right now. You can't see. Uh, but I was real close to saying, you know what, I would have bet on Clemson this week. But I hate laying favorites on the road. But it wouldn't shock me if Clemson, you know, lower scoring, actually, you know, 31-10. You know, sort of like the scores that we just mentioned here. I, I don't think that Georgia Tech's going to be able to move the football, but I don't want to lay 16 points.
2: All right. Great information, Gabe. we'll, we'll see you next week in studio. Uh, as always, great insight and information from one of the best, Gabe Morenci. When we come back, we'll be joined by Sports Brokers Vice President Jamie Heath Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonello live from Studio 34. Keep it where it is. back on college football today Joe Lisi Rich Cerminello brought to you by BetDSI we're joined on our celebrity guest line by sports brokers vice president Jamie Heath turning outcomes into incomes Jamie how are you today
4: I'm great, guys. How are you, go- how are you guys doing
2: today? Uh, we're doing well. It's week number four. It's conference play. I mean, I know you're looking at three games in particular today, but, I mean, the landscape of conference play, does it change how you handicap these games?
4: Absolutely, uh, Joe. Uh, it really does. You know, obviously the first couple of weeks, a lot of these uh, so-called big-shot teams, such as the uh, Alabamas of the world or whatever, the Ohio States of the world, They get to play a couple of teams that pretty much they can lay whatever they want on them. It's pretty much a scrimmage in the case of some of these teams. Like I was telling you last week with Miami playing a Division II school in Savannah State, they beat them 77 Nothing. It was pretty much a tune-up game to get into the conference schedule. So, yeah, it's it's, it's a much different uh, playing field. A couple teams actually got into the conference schedule early in the season uh, with the likes of Georgia playing against South Carolina in Week 2. So some of these teams already have gotten a taste of conference play, but most of them are getting a a taste of it this week and and the following weeks to come.
3: Well, Jamie, that's a perfect segue. Georgia played South Carolina, key SEC East showdown. They've got another one today in Columbia, second Columbia trip, this time in Missouri. Uh, What are your thoughts on the Bulldogs and the Tigers?
4: Exactly, Rich. Uh, And uh, my thoughts, number one, I watched Missouri uh, a lot this year. I was on Missouri a couple weeks ago when they played Wyoming. Last week they went into Purdue, and uh, it was pretty much a shootout. They gave up almost 600 yards passing to to Blau, the quarterback of Purdue, a total of almost 700 yards on offense. Now the Georgia Bulldogs are coming into town. You're talking about – a quarterback and Eric Fromm, who's I think his percentage so far this year, completion percentage is about eighty percent, which is unheard of. Uh, Georgia right now is rolling. They look they look amazing on both sides of the field. Uh, uh, their defense is playing great. I know uh, Drew Locke obviously is going to put up some numbers today, and he's probably they're going to probably score some points too. But again, like I was telling you last week, when Alabama was playing Mississippi, that Alabama would pretty much score every possession. I see the same happening today with Georgia. I really like Georgia big in this game, and I see the game pretty much going like last year, maybe close early. It was 21-21 last year until Georgia pulled away. I see Georgia scoring at least 50, if not 60 points in this game because I don't believe Missouri has any defense to keep up with them.
3: You are a wise man, Jamie. Wow, wow. Joe, Joe and I have been butting head throughout the first hour of the show because I'm all over Georgia. Well, Joe, Joe does like Missouri. Yes, though.
2: I do like Missouri. But we'll see. You never know how these games are of played. Course. That's why they play the games. <laughs> Jamie, we know before what? we get into the other SEC battle between Alabama and Texas A&M, I mean, you're hot as a pistol, and we know what you're offering clients. Tell them what they can do uh, in terms of buying your packages uh, later today.
4: Well, okay. Thanks, Joe. Yes, uh today i actually have two dogs today that are getting at least seven if not more points that are going to win on the field outright i have two games today i absolutely love i want all your listeners to call 1-800-220-6262 or visit my website com. i want you to get these two games like you said i am on fire right now and uh I love these two games today. They're going to win outright on the field. I have two big dogs today that are winning on the field today. Call 1-800-220-6262. Get these two winners.
2: Let's talk about that battle in Tuscaloosa. Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M played very well. Jimbo Fisher wasn't there, but Sumlin and the crew played very well against Alabama. Lost that game by eight points. Did cover the total last year as a home dog. They now go on the road. They didn't cover their last time there. They lost 33-14 to as an 18-point underdog with Trevor Knight. How do you see this game playing out later today?
4: You know, Joe, I, I looked at this game when the line came out and I saw the spread anywhere it's from twenty four to twenty seven. I believe right now the spread's around twenty six. And I'm like, oh my God, how could I how could how could you lay twenty six points to Texas A and M? They just lost only by two to Clemson. First of all, Texas A and M's gotten robbed by their schedule. They have to play two playoff teams in the first four weeks, Clemson and Alabama. Not too fair. This is this is Texas A and M's first road road game and it's also their first conference game. And it's against Alabama. Number one, when I first looked at it, like I said, I'm like, wow, I got to go with Texas A&M. But the more and more I look at this game, I see Alabama. First of all, they've outscored their opponents 170 to 28 in their first three games. 117 to seven in the first half of games. These guys haven't even played a full game. Two is pretty much out after the half. The running back Harris is pretty much out after the half. This might be Nick Saban's best team he's ever had. That's how loaded this team looks to me. I honestly feel, now I know Kelly Mom pre- presents a problem possibly as far as running and this and that, but I think Alabama's got their best offensive line they've ever had, their best defensive line they've ever had. I see them absolutely murdering this team. and it's, If I if, if I have to go with Alabama until I see a team that actually mm. can challenge this team, I have to pretty much go with
3: Alabama. And I, it's so fascinating, Jamie, because we're, we're going to really have a good time watching in the subsequent weeks what lines makers do, because if they torch an A&M team that lost by mm. just two points to Clemson, it was at Texas A&M. I mean, once they start yeah. playing weaker opponents, I mean, you're going to be seeing five, touchdown spreads it's stunning and I, I listen I agree this team because they've never had an offense like they do right now the defense is always stout but now you have that offensive production they've scored at least 51 in three straight games this is just uh, quite a machine that they have down in Tuscaloosa let me let me turn our attention Ever- to the
4: Everyone's yeah. saying that this quarterback might be the best uh, they've ever had in this tour. They, everyone's raving about how good he is, and we've, we haven't even really seen him play.
3: I think the numbers will bear that out, too, because if you look at the Nick Saban era, they're marginal Greg McElroy, A.J. McCarron-type quarterbacks. Uh, two is on a completely different level. I'm going to shift over to the Pac-12. Very intrigued by the Stanford-Oregon game. Big game in terms of the Pac-12 North. Stanford is tested Oregon has not won a big game in a while. Does that change tonight?
4: Uh, Okay, well, yes. uh, Let's get into that game. First off, though, I do want to go back to what I was telling you guys out there. I have two games, two dogs that are going to win outright today. I want you to call 1-800-220-6262. Visit my website, com. Get these two winners. Going to this Stanford Oregon game, Rich. You called. You, you basically said it just now. What I had to say to you guys out there: Stanford is a battle-tested team. Okay, they've already played the likes of San Diego State. They've already played the likes of USC. Even though USC does not look like the USC of old, obviously we see that getting blown out by Texas last week and barely beating Washington State last night. On the other hand, Oregon. This is like what their fourth coach in like the last eight years. It seems like it's a coaching carousel. They got a great quarterback in Justin Herbert. This is this is Oregon's first major test they've actually had. It's a marquee game, a conference game. Their first three games were against a bunch of cupcakes. I think they played Bowling Green, Portland State, and last week they barely beat San Jose State. Now maybe they didn't want to show too much off because they're playing Stanford this week. But I think this is going to become a coach's game where David Shaw has a major advantage. I feel the defense. Stanford has a much better defense than Oregon. I see Bryce Love having a field day, even though Oregon supposedly got a stout defensive line. I still, And I see K.J. Costello coming through with a couple of key passes to win this game by at least 10 points, if not more. I like Stanford to win this game.
2: Jamie, when you look at the landscape, do you feel that teams get up for conference games if you get a lackluster effort, let's say week one, two, or three? that they seem to turn it on if they're they're struggling and have more emotion as conference play rolls around. And does that affect your handicapping in any capacity?
4: Absolutely, it does, especially when it comes to certain, you know, like you were saying, certain teams, when they look at their schedule, they're like, oh, boy, we're playing, you know, whoever it is. In the case of, like, Ohio State, they're playing Tulane this week. Next week, they have a huge game against Penn State. So, I obviously I don't see much focus when it comes to a team like that. Now, obviously Ohio State has the athletes. I mean, they could name the score probably today. But really, Joe, when you're talking about conference games, it's just a whole different element, a whole different ball game. When you're talking about Ohio State, Penn State next week, when you're going to be going against McSorley in in that stadium in in Beaver Stadium, it's a whole different ball. It's a whole different playing field, and that's why I honestly feel that teams that take take on the the tough games to begin with in the schedule like an LSU look what LSU did they scheduled Miami their first game now now what happens they go and knock off Auburn last week in Auburn I mean you got to give kudos to to LSU scheduling
3: yeah and it pays off once you get to October November teams are battle-tested One of the reasons why I love to tap into your beautiful mind, Jamie, is to be able to ask you some questions outside of just matchups. I I really want your take on this subject. How much stock do you put into trends? I'll give you an example. Like Arizona State has won 10 of the last 11 against Washington. Now we know Washington has more talent in 2018 than Arizona State. But in terms of trends over the past five years, 10 years, how much does that factor in when you begin to break down games? It's a, that, that's
4: a, a, a excellent, excellent question, Rich. Excellent question. A lot of people and a lot of handicappers such as myself really put a lot of stock into trends over over things that have happened in the last 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, whatever it is, you know, X team has beaten this team at home uh, 10 straight times, this and that. I don't put as much stock into the trends as, as most handicappers because, number one, a lot of the players that are playing weren't even with these teams, obviously, when all these things were happening. Uh, coaches change, you know. There's a lot of coaches that, that that coach for years. All of a sudden, they retire, they get fired, whatever. It's a whole different element. You got hold all different play calls. You know, you can have a spread offense, then all of a sudden you could have a run and shoot, for instance. You can have a, a team that, that that you know the quarterback's behind the center. The next coach has them in shotgun. So I really, honestly, you know, because. Trends obviously make a big difference, and that's where a lot of the betting comes from. And you see a lot of the lines move on trends, but I think a lot of that happens to be false.
2: Jamie, when you look at the actual, if you're betting a college football Saturday, I mean, it gives you many opportunities. Unlike uh, the NFL, where you only have a 1 o'clock start, and then obviously the 425, and then one game at Eight o'clock, so you only really have three opportunities to make money. College football a little bit different. You have twelve o'clock kicks, you have one o'clock kicks, two o'clock kicks, d- depending upon time zones. Obviously, 3 30, 6 o'clock, eight o'clock, ten o'clock. Uh, so you have a lot of opportunity to really make some money, uh, not only for clients, but if you're dabbling in watching college football each each week. So, I mean, do you have a, 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 I want to say, a game plan that, you know, you follow in terms of a 12 o'clock scenario, 3.30, uh, or that you could educate some people that are new to the gambling world in terms of that capacity?
4: Sure, absolutely. You know, it's funny that you say that because college football is, uh, and that's why I feel it's the best sport to bet out of any sport. Because, like you said, you have the 12 o'clocks. My windows, when I do this, I have the 12 o'clock games. I don't even, I mean, obviously there's a couple games that start around 2 or 3 o'clock, but obviously the 3.30s, there's a ton of games at 3.30. Then around 7, there's a ton of games. And then, like you said, the get-out games, so to speak, the 10 o'clock West Coast games. And then even if Hawaii's playing it, I even have another get-out game. That's what makes this sport the best sport to bet on. And I do actually plan, uh, as far as my clients and this and that, on the day of, of, of me giving out games. My uh, my major thing about uh, lines and stuff like that, though, I normally get out what, what I see. Like, for instance, I'll give you a great example. Last night, florida Atlantic was playing Central Florida. The total opened up at 68. Obviously, I love the over. It moved up as much as 77. It came back at 75. My clients get my personal best plays that Monday when the lines come out or Sunday night. But like what you were saying just before, as far as uh, the uh, the rotation, 12 o'clocks, obviously I want to focus on the 12 o'clocks. 3.30s, when I see lines move, I obviously get my clients the, the games then, and then obviously go from there with the 7 o'clocks and then the 10 o'clocks. So it's, it's the best format there is in sports betting as far as I'm concerned.
3: Jamie, folks, is consistently turning outcomes into incomes. Uh, one more time, Jamie, why don't you give that number out, to our audience so they could uh, begin to cash in on those 12 o'clock games?
4: You got it. Absolutely. My number's is 1-800-220-6262. Or visit my website, thesportsbrokers.com. And like you were just saying, I turn outcomes into incomes. Get on these two games right now. Two winners given to you. Call 1-800-220-6262.
3: Jamie, before we let you go, uh, break a little tie for us if you can. Give us a take on Texas. Now, I, I think last week was a bit of an aberration. Joe is uh, on Texas, believes that they have turned the corner after the uh, big win against USC. Uh, what's your take on Tom Herman and the Longhorns as they head into their big showdown with TCU?
4: Well, this is Texas's first, uh, I believe, conference game, as it is for the Horned Frogs at TCU. Texas uh, laid a complete egg their first game. It was against Maryland, I want to say. And then uh, I think they – I forget who they played in week two. They struggled. Uh, They won the game. It might have been against Tulsa. It was. Tulsa's was. pretty – and and they've looked awful, Tulsa. They played against Arkansas State at home last week. They looked terrible. As well as uh, the other night against Temple, they didn't look too good. So I really don't give much credence into that win. Then they beat a a USC team who – Again, with a freshman quarterback, we talked about them last week when I said to you that Stanford was going to roll or two weeks ago when they were going to roll over them. I don't give much credence into that win. Meanwhile, TCU, they just played probably the second or third best team in the country last week, and they were pretty much toe-to-toe with them. They were beating them most of the game, a lot of the game, until the fourth quarter. I guess they ran out of gas. So I honestly give the advantage here, even though the game's a road game, I give the advantage to, to, to Gary Patterson and his TCU Horn Frogs to win this game because – I think he's a better coach than Herman, number one. I feel they have a better team than Texas, and we're going to see it tonight. I honestly think that Texas uh, is a little overrated after these two wins.
2: Well, Jamie, great insight and information. We'll see how that game plays out at 3.30. We can't wait to see what picks you have yeah. for us next week. Great, great luck today, and, and knock them dead.
4: Hey, you guys, too. Great luck to you. Good speaking to you. Well, I can't wait to talk next week to you guys.
2: Right, insight and in information. Jamie's terrific. I love, I love those he is, spots with yeah, Jamie. Yes, yeah. and, he, and he's right about about if you're going to wager. Uh, I, I really believe uh, college football and college basketball are the two best sports. It gives you an opportunity where if you lose week uh, the early games, you have an opportunity to at least get it yeah. back if, if you're a good handicapper or at least uh, have good analysis and
3: approach in, in terms of that. Well, and, and what I love about gambling with college football is there's so many small teams, yeah. small games. I, I think this is a sport where you really, if you do your homework, if you dig a little bit deeper, there are gems to be found. We've done that throughout <laughs> the month of September, and uh, dare I say, we'll continue to do that throughout the winter. We're going to be bucking heads
2: (laughs) all day long today. I mean, I know, and and just to give... viewers an update that notre dame game is a 12 o'clock kick i thought it was at 3 30 for some reason it's a 12 o'clock kick uh so about 23 minutes before ian book gets to start uh on the road in winston-salem we're just getting started we got about an hour and a half left we'll be picking it up in big 12 play west virginia k-state joe lisi and rich sominello live from studio 34 Great action, great music. As, house of pain. Yeah, loving, that, it. loving Joey, it. Joey is going to feel some house digits. of pain today. Yes, College Football Today brought to you by BetDSI, Joe Lisi, and Ritz Sermonello. Going to be talking about West Virginia and K-State, but before we do that, if you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget to... Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can elect an option to receive 50% deposit bonus with a rollover requirement. No more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete against, just you and the prop that's what you choose. Go to mybookie.ag and to promo code FNTSY upon sign up and choose your matchups using the props builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. Fantasy Factor is the only DFS site with exclusively single entry contests. It's fun and a recreational place to play with smaller leagues and flatter prize pools. They have great free promos like Survivor. Super Bowl Squares and March Madness Bracket Contest. Sign up today. Go to FantasyFactor.com. That's FantasyFactor.com. I'm going to join my bookie later because this matchup is very intriguing. It's West Virginia and K-State. West Virginia and Will Greer, dynamic offense. They got this matchup and victory last year in Manhattan, 28-23 over Bill Snyder. Bill Snyder and Kansas State is struggling right now. They're 16-and-a-half, 17-point home underdogs to West Virginia. Excuse me, road underdogs in Morgantown. The game is in Morgantown. West Virginia wins, Rich, but Kansas State comes back to form And pushes Will Greer to the
3: limit later today. I I can see that. Too much offense out of West Virginia. Kansas State's offense has sputtered throughout the month of September. Uh, Snyder has not figured out his quarterback situation. He's got a couple in Alex Delton and Skylar Thompson. My big concern is they're not running the ball the way I would expect against better teams. I mean, I thought going into this season they'd have a dominant offensive line. At a minimum, they'd be rolling downhill with Alex Barnes. Hasn't happened. Maybe they get back on track against West Virginia. Just too much firepower for the Mountaineers. I love Will Greer, love watching him play, love his connection with those receivers. And unfortunately we missed because of weather that NC state game yeah, last week. I really was, wanted to see that one. Yeah. Ho- hopefully in, in
2: the future, we'll see a West Virginia. You never know what happens. I'll say this about Kansas state. I mean, in terms of, I picked them at five and seven. Uh, we know they're, uh, I want to say, uh, their ability to beat up on less competition. But when you think of Kansas State football, you think of the ability to run the football, you think of the ability to stop the run, force turnovers. Special teams is always good. Exactly. Here's some statistics when you look at K-State. Offensive line, 10 sacks allowed through three games. Negative five in turnover margin. And more importantly, allowing 201 rushing yards per game. I mean, that's a
3: Kansas State defense. That's very untypical of a Wildcat defense under Bill Snyder. Well, and the one time they played a quality opponent against Mississippi Uh, State, I mean, they got completely trounced at at the line of scrimmage. Kylan Hill ran for more than 200 yards. So, you know, bigger picture, I I think it's too many points for Kansas State. I agree with you. I would take the points. West Virginia wins. Kansas State covers. But bigger picture item here is... You know, is this the kind of season where we start to feel like, you know, the game is passing by Bill Snyder? Is it time for him to step aside and allow the Kansas State administration to name a successor rather than Snyder trying to get his own son? Yeah, I was just going
2: to say that. I mean, if his son gets a job, I I
3: don't feel comfortable with that type of situation. Go get, go get. Brent Venables yeah. from Clemson the defensive coordinator is a graduate well, of Kansas Bob State. Suits?
2: I mean if you could lure him out Oh jeez, I, I
3: don't think he would do that. Yeah, well, Why would know. you go to Manhattan after uh, no, being at well, the mountaintop at Oklahoma Notre Dame
2: or something? Yeah. But, I mean, here's the thing too when you look at teams in terms of conference play, uh, West Virginia was 5 and 4 last year. Won those 5 games by 8.8 points per game. They lost those four games by uh, 17 points per game against Big 12 competition. And you look at Kansas State, 5-4 and four in Big 12 play. They won those five by 7.5 points per game, lost their four by 9.2 points per game. So this is a team that's starting to go in the opposite direction under Bill Snyder, and I think the speed of West Virginia as well. You have a wide receiver core in Jennings and Sills that could stretch Kansas State's defense vertically. Now, statistically, they're only giving up around 190 passing yards per game. But haven't faced a type of offense like West Virginia and Will Greer, I mean, last year he threw for 372 on that defense. And last year, Kansas State allowed four opponents to pass for over 400. That's the recipe to beating this team.
3: Yeah, and for those who like trends, the last four games between these two teams decided by a grand total of 13 points. So the games are traditionally close. I think this one will be closer than Vegas has it pegged. Yeah. But West Virginia has I too much firepower. I see fire it going power.
2: either way. I mean, the only thing is... I'm not it, betting on this game. Yeah, it's yeah, not I, a best bet for me. I like Kansas State here. Not, again, not a best play. I, I don't have a good feel. I like West Virginia overall. But uh, in this matchup, they could struggle. You look at the last two games uh, against uh, Kansas State... Five-point win in Manhattan last time in Morgantown. They won this ballgame 17-16 to 16, but did not cover the number. Kansas State was a, a close to a 10-point underdog in that battle and did cover on the road, pushed West Virginia and Holgerson to the limit. We'll turn our attention to the game in the big house. It's Michigan and Nebraska. Nebraska and Scott Frost, 0-2 for the first time, Rich, since 1957. Well. Wow. And now Adrian Martinez should get the start. They're huge underdogs here. I'm high on Michigan. Michigan wins this ballgame, but I'll take the 18 and a half points with Nebraska. I don't think it'll be easy. Conference game. They bounce back emotionally, but in the end, it's that front seven led by Rashawn Gary. That is the difference.
3: I agree with your assessment. As long as Martinez is healthy, that's the difference. I mean, they have a walk-on backup quarterback. Nebraska's not the same when Martinez is on the bench. If you have Adrian Martinez running that offense, it's going to be tough against the Don Brown defense, but I think Nebraska covers as well. 18.5 is too many points. I don't love this game. Not one of my best bets, but I would take Nebraska as long as the true freshman is under center. My big picture on this one is... Is Michigan beginning to get a little bit closer to the the team that we thought they would be? They haven't played much competition, beating up on SMU last week. But this is another opportunity to bag that first Big Ten win and start to gradually become the team that could compete in the Big Ten East. Well,
2: here's the thing as well. I mean, we spoke about Nebraska earlier in the year. Worst rushing offense and defense in 20 years in Nebraska football. I didn't think it would be a one-year fix for Scott Frost. Now, Entering this ballgame, Nebraska's only allowing 94 rushing yards per game, but they're going to be tested up front by a physical offensive line. Higdon and Evans are going to look to run the football, and Shea Patterson's going to look... To attack that Nebraska defense that's giving up well over 250 passing yards per game. Montez blew them up for 332 in week number two. So we'll see if Patterson could do that. But here's the recipe as well. You look at Michigan's defense only giving up 121 rushing yards per game. More importantly, only 154 passing yards to opposing offenses and quarterbacks. And holding opposing quarterbacks, Rich, to 34% on third down conversions With a young quarterback, Don Brown gonna look to mix it up in terms of Blitz packages and that's what I look for I could see this game going either way. Nebraska is going to need to run the football, though, but in the end, Michigan does get the W and goes to 3-1.
3: and Yeah, and nobody should be panicking about Scott Frost. This was a perfect hire. I I, I think there are a lot of first-year coaches, Joe, across the country where people are, you know, jumping ship after two or three games. Chip Kelly, tough start. Willie Taggart, brutal start at Florida State, but everybody needs to settle down. I mean, you've got new players. It's year one. Don't push the panic button. Scott Frost will be fine long-term, especially with this quarterback. I think Martinez is going to be fantastic. We saw glimpses of it in the opener against Colorado. But remember, those are two close losses against Colorado and Troy. And, you know, Martinez didn't finish the first game, so maybe it would have been a different outcome. Didn't play against Troy, maybe would have been a different outcome. So it's possible Nebraska could be 2-0 and instead of 0-2. So Huskers will be fine long-term. This is a tough spot at Michigan, especially with Shea Patterson beginning to play a little bit better. Just to talk about coaches, you talk about personnel. Chip Kelly, again,
2: defensively, never a defensive guru. That was the M.O. under Mora, a defensive head coach. So I think out of all three coaches that you mentioned in terms of Scott Frost, Chip Kelly, Taggart – I give the pass to Taggart and Scott Frost because you look at the personnel perspective, different types of schemes. Nebraska didn't run sideline to sideline in terms of utilizing a lot of options and motion in their offensive scheme with Riley as head coach. That's what Scott Frost likes to do. And then with Taggart, you went from a pro-style offense under Jimbo Fisher to now a more five-wide shotgun type of offense with DeAndre Francois, who was hurt. So, again, it's a different type of scheme. Chip Kelly, I mean, for the most part, I mean, he's got the pieces there. should have the athletes. I agree with you. I'm not putting this on year number one, but by now they should have had at least one win over Cincinnati. I
3: mean, you would think if you're – Yeah, sure. I mean, they they should have beaten Cincinnati. Listen, you're UCLA. You're (laughs) a Pac-12 school. You should have beaten Fresno State. Right. I mean, in in the grand scheme of things. And, you know, you mentioned DeAndre Francois. I was thinking about it this week, Joe. I mean, did you see the clip of Francois just, you know, kind of uh, shunning aside the hand of one of his offensive linemen as he tried to lift yeah. him off the turf? If I'm DeAndre Francois after this season in 2016 where he's got no protection, I'm serious, I, w- I would be transferring. I think he should be. I would be be getting out. Getting out because they they can't give him an I offensive know. line. The kid is very talented and nobody blocks from him. I mean, Syracuse Syracuse does not have a dominant no. front seven, and they abuse that Florida State but offensive it- Now this week it's Northern Illinois and Sutton Smith – you know, Florida State, double-digit favorite in that game. That's going to be an interesting matchup. I, I, I
2: like Florida State. Yeah, I'll just say this, and I tweeted it out last week, and I was dead wrong. Great call with Syracuse. I was wrong on Florida State. Had a wrong read. To save the season, though, in my opinion, I think he has to go with Blackman. I really do. I, I think he's the, the better player that fits the type of scheme. He's a more mobile. DeAndre Francois, coming from IMG, was a pure pocket passer. He was a guy that would stay in the pocket, look down his reads and progressions, And that's what Jimbo Fisher wanted. That's not what Willie Taggart recruits. Now, let's think about it. Quentin Flowers at USF, mobile quarterback, can improvise on the perimeter. Blackman now, he's not Quentin Flowers, but he's more mobile than Francois in terms of you can roll him out to make do for the offensive line, to to at least give him time to make place. They can't, he has no time to look down his receivers, and that's why they're losing games. Front seven is playing fantastic. They're holding the opposing offenses to 120 rushing yards per game. If it wasn't for that front seven, they'd
3: be blown. I mean, mm. even worse. They'd yeah. be blown out of each and
2: every game. When all you do is get three and outs, you're not going to win.
3: See, Joe, but with Blackman, you're talking about, you know, you're you're looking to cure the symptom. you got to cure yeah. the problem. The problem is the offensive line. My concern about Blackman, I think Blackman has a bright future as well, is he's built like Gabe Morency. I mean, he's <laughs> he's like, this is James Blackman. I mean, if you can't protect this.
2: But he's more mobile. He's more he more. is, he is,
3: but he's also. So he's also pretty young. I don't know if he has a great pocket presence. I Listen, they, they have to get some junior yeah. college offensive linemen in there. They, have, they need some quick fixes in 2019 because this is an issue that Jimbo had at the end of his tenure. And now Willie Taggart inherited it and did not coach those kids up. So Florida State in a bad spot. And listen, they, they bailed on the program last year. I think if they struggle against Northern Illinois today, if they lose that game today, I think you could see them bailing the rest of the way this year. We
2: have about five minutes. I want to go through some best bets in case people didn't pick up on it for 12 o'clock. Yours is Georgia. I'm against you with Missouri. I like Notre Dame. I like Purdue, and I like Louisville. I like all three of those yeah, no. dogs, but I, I like Louisville and Purdue on the money the line be- as well.
3: The best but, is Louisville your best of that four, you think? Louisville and Missouri out of the underdogs. Okay. I like
2: I like Louisville to to win the game. I took them plus one seventy on the money line. And I really love Notre Dame. I mean, they're, they're at six and at a half now, which is great under a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, I think Winbush does play though. Don't I, even though book starts maybe. They need his legs
3: on the perimeter. Two I think very different quarterbacks. Yes. You, you have very different looks, one a little more mobile than the other. And, again, I'll be curious to see what Ian Book could do to yeah. spice up that passing game and get those receivers. Is you he get- aggressive, too? Chip Ke- uh, 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 Brian He Kelly. might. He might be. He might open up the playbook a little bit. Also realizing that that Wake Forest defense just got trashed by Boston College, both on the ground and through the air. So if you're going to if you're gonna turn loose Ian Book and get a feel for whether or not he's your quarterback for 2018, this is a good defense to do it against before facing Stanford next weekend. And this is the kid that did lead the
2: victory over it's LSU, LSU. In, yeah.
3: in the Citrus Bowl. So he's battle tested.
2: I mean, I don't expect any nerves on the road in Winston-Salem not... Now, you know, typically Wake Forest plays teams tough, though, in Winston-Salem. Louisville, they push to the limit. Yeah. Push Florida State. uh la- I think it was last year, didn't they? They lost that ball game by seven points. So yeah. they're in each and every ball game. We'll see how it plays out in about five minutes from today. I want to talk about one game later tonight. Uh, it is um, Mississippi State and Kentucky. Gabe likes Kentucky here I, I just don't see it. I, I don't the either. Physicality of the front seven guys, by like Sweat and Simmons, they're only giving up. I mean, under a hundred rushing yards per game. That's eighty-five the, to be that's exact. That's the yeah. strength of Kentucky with Benny Snell. Now Wilson's played well, but Nick Fitzgerald to me as well, and, and I honestly think Joe Moorhead is a hidden gem. I mean, he could be coach of the year this year, uh, in my opinion. I I think Mississippi State rolls here.
3: I I agree with you. It's under 10 at this point, and I have a lot of respect for what Stoops has done at Kentucky. Not easy to win at a basketball school. He's done it at a high level. Broke the 31 game. Losing streak to Florida. Huge. So they're off to a good season. They have some defensive playmakers. You mentioned Snell. Terry Wilson, the quarterback, is one of the fastest quarterbacks in the country. But if you're going to go against the Mississippi State defense, you need more out of the passing game. Kentucky does not have that. So I, I think they can key in on the back and really shut down Kentucky, number one. Number two, Nick Fitzgerald now has uh, an important game under his belt, played very well last week, Kylan Hill running the yes. ball. Uh, they're a physical downhill running team, and I agree with your assessment of Joe Moorhead. He reminds me of a more offensive-minded version of Paul Crist, very successful, did a great job at Penn State, did a great job at your alma mater, Fordham, which yes. a lot of people don't realize, did a terrific job for a program that was really on the on the downside and really rejuvenated with backs like Chase Edmonds. You know, so Moorhead's done a good job. I was on Mississippi State throughout the offseason. I think you were too as a team that will overachieve. and. I think they go into Lexington and get a get a big victory. What's interesting about Moorhead, I mean, this is
2: a team that does face Alabama, you know, later in the year. I mean where is that game? That is, game? is that game is in, in Tuscaloosa? In, yeah, it's in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. You remember last year, Alabama got was struggled. Ridley really had the big play from Jalen Hurts in the fourth quarter. They won that matchup by seven points. The one thing that Joe Moorhead does, and we've seen it at Penn State with Saquon Barkley and James Franklin and his progression with Trace McSorley. He creates one on one opportunities with his playmakers in space. That you look at that Miss State Kansas State game. They had the perfect matchup every single time on third down and, and they had one-on-one opportunities. It never once was Fitzgerald throwing into double coverage, and that's what possibly could challenge Alabama in that ballgame.
3: Yeah, I mean, looking down the road, that's a great matchup. I think Mississippi State is the next best thing to Alabama and the SEC West, which is saying a lot yeah. in a division that has AM and Auburn and LSU. LSU <laughs> obviously will have a lot to say about that as well, but I'm impressed by Mississippi State. I think they're they're very close to a complete team heading into Lexington tonight.
2: Yeah, the, before this kick game kicks off, Boston College-Purdue, I'm all over Purdue. Are you taking the points here in this I mission? am
3: taking the points, Joe. I'm a little more leery because BC has won 11, I covered 11 straight regular season yeah, games. Yeah, we'll
2: see. It, I, it's a 12 o'clock kick, so keep it where it is. Joe Lisi, Ritz Sermonello, coming right back with the 3.30 and 7 o'clock games live from Studio 34.